When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the morning you go running for the man who stole your water. Then you fight till he is done but they catch you. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Let me talk to you. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood of the Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What? Shaking bacon. Uh, we've we've got some things shaking, got a, got a few things shaking, uh, but uh, but yeah. W- uh, before we get into all that, Cam, how has your week been? Oh, my week's been uh been pretty good, pretty good, and uh, honestly, it's ending on a great note. Uh, for the first time ever on Chatting Average, I am coming to you live from my front porch with a drink by my side and cigar in hand because I figured that would be a great way to end this weekend. And he still tells people with a straight face that he's younger than me. Oh, but I am. am I, <laughs> hang on. Am I, am I not allowed to just enjoy the finer things in life? Oh, you absolutely are. But, but you, you enjoy the finer things of, of a 50-year-old man. That's fair. Not I am the, enjoying... Not the finer things of a 20-something. I am enjoying a Caldwell Eastern Standard uh, cigar, which is quite tasty, I must say. First time I've tried this brand. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big cigar guy. I'm not not a uh, I've I, I think I, I we tried some when I was in high school and and I think ruined them for ourselves. What did you What did you just like freight train it or something? Oh yeah, so like sick? so yeah. we we would get the Dominican Cohibas because we felt like we were renegades getting you know Cuban cigars and right. <laughs> and yeah we would just we would just railroad those things and be dying for days. 
I I used to understand why people enjoy them. I used I tell you so back when back when my wife and I first moved in together and you know got married and everything before we had our kids. One of my favorite things to do would be like Friday night go sit out on the back deck, turn the Braves game on, have a drink, smoke a cigar. And then after you smoke that cigar, you go in and it's like a whole ritual after you smoke when you go in, take a nice hot shower, get nice and clean before bed and then sleep like a baby. Hmm. It's great. <laughs> and now, and now, uh, this is the first cigar I've smoked in a little over a year because when you have children, you can't just break away for like an hour at a time. Well, Cam, um, you we've we both really on on Twitter today teased a little bit of an announcement. So um, it's it's kind of your announcement. So uh, why why don't you take it away, spill the beans, let the people know what's going on? Yeah. So you know, um, it's season four of this show. Uh, we we've had some good times. We've uh, we've had some laughs. We we've really had, built up a great thing here. And here we are in June, uh, you know, about halfway through our fourth season of the show. And after some after some consideration and, you know, some talking with my wife as well and then some planning and everything. um, I'm coming down to Atlanta at the end of July to do a live podcast with Alex and the boys. And it's going to be a grand old time. Hell yes. July (laughs) 29th. That is a Saturday. Mark your calendars, July 29th. The Chatting Average podcast will be recording live from ASW in the battery starting at noon. We're going to have our good buddies, Jeff Donahue and Jay Dunna there with us. Uh, we're going to try to get some more uh, friends of the show to uh, to come drop in and uh, we'll, we'll get some surprise guests in there, I'm sure. But if you're able, come on out on the 29th of uh of july and and come hang with us it would be uh it would be a lot of fun to see some of you guys out there for sure uh this is actually so this is the first time since let's this say will be the, your first time at the battery won't it no 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 i mean I, i've been i've been to the battery before i've been to four braves games at truest but this will be my first time in at truest since may of 2019 Wow. Okay. It so is, yeah, your first time seeing all the World Series stuff. Yes. Yes. I have not been there since we've won a World Series. I have not been there uh, since pre-COVID. That's how long it's been since oh, I've been to a Braves game. Th- it, that place has changed. It is. Uh, it is a, a new vibe in there, and I can't wait for you to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna. We're gonna have a great time. They're playing the Brewers that night. It's Hank Aaron weekend. I think it's gonna be a a really fun time. So, uh, and plus. Y'all come out, come, come meet the fellas. I would love to meet some yeah. of you guys who are there locally. After, after we record the show, we're going to be gallivanting around the battery and going to the game that night. So uh, we are, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll fill the people in on our, uh, on our group chat. We are the Braves bloodline. You have the, you have the tribal chief, the head of the table, Mr. Jeff Donahue. You have Cam and I, the tag team champions of the world, the Usos. You have Jay Dunna, <laughs> Solo Sokoa, the enforcer. We are the Braves bloodline. Acknowledge me. We the ones. We the ones. <laughs> but no, this is gonna this is gonna be really fun. I am like really looking forward to it. 
Oh, it's going to be a blast. And and especially if we can get a couple of you guys out there, hey, buy some drinks from ASW. Make us look good. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, show up in your Chatting Average merch. I want to see some of my handiwork oh, in person. Oh, I, I was actually thinking about this earlier. If if you show up wearing a Chatting Average t-shirt of some kind, uh, you, you will be purchased a drink. Hey, there we go. That sounds good. <laughs> Does uh, does Jeff know he's putting the bill for that yet? Absolutely not. Okay, well now he does. <laughs> <laughs> we can just we can just swipe Apple Pay from his pocket, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Just got to be real quick. Hey, uh, speaking of really quick, how about this? Uh, <laughs> how is is this just my gimmick now? Just come up with the worst segue. It's, it's great. It's my favorite thing. It really is. I like I, I kind of have a topic in the back of my mind each week and I'm like, all right, how am I going to get to it? And as soon as I see that opening, I just think. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, De La Cruz, the uh, the new debuting rookie for the Reds. He is uh, super fast. My good. Well, he is. He's super fast. He's super strong. He's got the craziest arm like it's it, it, it's insane. And, and we. We were kind of getting some 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 hints from the minor leagues, like seeing him putting up some numbers down there that just just didn't even make sense. Um, and you kind of right before he got called up, you were starting to get this vibe that this kid's going to be something. And and sure enough, he comes up and he's already like at the top of all of the stat cast leaderboards. He's hitting 118 mile an hour home runs. He's he's throwing 97 mile an hour strikes across the he's- diamond. He's legging out infield singles to the first baseman. At thir- he his sprint speed was like thirty one point eight miles an hour or something like that. Like humans shouldn't be able to do that. Plus, he's what like six like, five. Six, that six. man is speeding in a school zone. He's like he's like the stature of O'Neill Cruz, but if O'Neill Cruz was actually good. Hey, hold up, hold up! <laughs> wow, wow! I thought that I thought I thought we supported pirates here. What is this? What is this O'Neill Cruz slander? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to be controversial. <laughs> I mean, this has been a week to just say controversial things on Twitter, right? Yeah, say it again. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I am uh, I am way too loose to be doing this episode this week. Well, let's. Uh, uh, Lord knows it's going to take us long enough to recap at least one of the two series from this past week. So for now, why don't we go ahead and jump into some this week in baseball history? Let's do it. All right, we are going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is June 12th through the 18th. Our first fact comes to us from June 12th, 1983. When Dale Murphy visits Elizabeth Smith in the stands to give her a cap and a t-shirt, her nurse asks the Braves outfielder to hit a home run for the six-year-old girl who lost both of her hands and leg when she stepped on a live power line. The reigning National League MVP obliges, hitting two home runs and driving in all the runs in the team's 3-2 victory over the Giants at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Dale Murphy is just, the things you hear about him always make him sound kind of Paul Bunyan-esque. And he was like, he was like just before the time where I can really remember baseball. So I, I, I hold him in the absolute highest regard. He is a a man of the people. 
Absolutely. It, it certainly seems. I tell you. And, and the man and I, can make a damn cheese curd. Cam, I can't wait to take you to uh, to Murph's at the Battery. Oh, are we going to go to Murph's? We got to go to Murph's. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Like, anywhere you guys... So, when you came came to my house last November, you know, I took you to the spots around town that I would take somebody if they were visiting for the first time. I expect you to do the same for me. Well, absolutely. But, I mean, it's the Battery. The Battery's the spot. Um, we'll we'll go some other places, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that, that's really it. And even like, even you've been there before, since it's been several years, most of the shops and restaurants, I believe are going to be different from when you were here last time. Ooh, interesting. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, some of the anchors are still there, like PBR, Sport and Social, Yard House, those, but uh, a lot of the restaurants have rotated. A lot of the shops have rotated. Um, right. They've, they've added a uh, an indoor top golf. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they've got uh they've got like indoor virtual bays there, and you can supposedly play any course on earth. Right. Right. Is uh is Sugar Boo and Co still there? Sugar Boo's still there. Sugar okay, Boo's still, still there. Uh, I, had to, to, uh, I had to I had to drag my wife out of there when we we went. <laughs> oh yeah. Much much to my dismay, uh, the record store is gone. Uh, it was what a, it was no! a, I, I know it's it was a great little record store um and unfortunately oh god i just saw a massive bolt of lightning right outside my window so this may get cut short oh um, i feel it coming <laughs> back again uh one of the all-time great songs if you need to cry oh yeah yeah it's great, it's great. unbelievable three isn't cheers. that a, isn't that live that is live yes sir Lightning crashes. Anyway, uh, Cam, I know you'll be interested in this. There is a new high fashion Braves retail outlet that is in the spot the uh, the record store once occupied. Okay, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to spend way too much money that weekend. Oh yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my kids don't need to go to college. All right, our next fact. <laughs> I can't wait. Cam's gonna stay in my house. My wife works at a hotel. We're gonna have like welcome amenities and shit. Heck yeah! <laughs> That's awesome. I cannot also cannot wait to see the uh, the two goodest boys whenever I get there. Oh yeah, uh, we gotta we gotta have the the Cam Walter Hudson photo shoot. It's gonna be great. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna get down on the floor and start wrestling with those boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's this week in baseball future for you. Yeah, there you go. Okay, <laughs> our our next fact comes to us from June fourteenth, two thousand and five. After being asked to investigate in the seventh inning, the umpires examine Brandon Donnelly's glove for a foreign substance and discover illegal pine tar. The angel pitcher, who claims he uses the material to control sweating, is tossed, resulting in his skipper Mike Sosha and Nationals manager Frank Robinson exchanging angry words, which incites a baseball, including both (laughs) benches and bullpens. Ah, It's been a while since we had a good baseball. What was the date on that again, Cam? That was a uh, June fourteenth, two thousand and five. Two thousand and five. I mean, we were really still using like straight up pine tar in two thousand and five. Like, come on. Oh, I mean, Michael Pineda was using pine tar in like twenty fifteen. Remember, he had it. that big glob of he it on the side of it like earlier this year, wasn't he? But yeah, he's, he was. he's a special kind of idiot. He was uh, he was using it as sunscreen. I, rem- I, re- I remember the one game where he looked like he had an oil slick across the side of his neck. 
<laughs> it was like the quickest discovery. The umpire like, literally walked out there. Like, come on, neck, man! You like, could see that from Mars. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was not hiding that at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Our next fact comes to us from June sixteenth, nineteen thirty-eight. Future Hall of Famer Jimmy Fox is walked six consecutive times in the Red Sox twelve to eight victory over the Browns. The Boston first baseman will lead the American League this season with 119 bases on balls. I mean, how about his performance in that movie, Ray, though? <laughs> All right, that's good. That one guy, I, mean, I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and neither did Ray Charles. Ayo! <laughs> So and, this got me curious, though. I was like, okay, 119 walks in a season. That, that feels like a lot, but surely that's not the record, though. Oh, no, it's not the record at all. Do you, do you want to take a guess of what the record for walks in a season is? Ooh. It's got to be Barry Bonds, right? It is indeed Barry Bonds. You want to guess be. what year it was? So wait. No, 2004 to that his age 39 season in 2004. Oh, I, okay. Um and we're going to go we're going to go 220. He was walked 232 times in oh 2004. My God. <laughs> Barry Bonds is literally first, second and third on the all-time season walk list. That's amazing. I and I, I mean he, he changed how people managed the game. And and those walks were in his age, 36, 37, and 39-year-old seasons. I mean, seems all that na- seems all natural to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. You uh you can't teach talent like that. <laughs> are are you uh, are you gonna are you gonna watch that Barry Bonds feature that, that apparently HBO is doing? Uh I may. He's totally not gonna be in that though, right? Uh I highly doubt it. Because eventually, you got to turn around and be like, "Hey, so, uh, so you, uh, uh, you went from being this to wearing a cap two sizes larger later on in your career." Care to explain? <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I think Barry Bonds was a phenomenal baseball player and one of the Absol- best pure hitters this game has ever seen. Absolutely but. was, and, and absolutely was after the steroids. Personally, I'm fine with with him being left out of the Hall of Fame. Pretty much all of us were there to see what he did, so it, it's not like it's it's been forgotten yet. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Do do with him what you will. I say. There you go. All right, and our final fact comes to us from June eighteenth, two thousand and five. Julio Franco becomes the oldest player to hit multiple home runs in a game when he goes deep on two occasions in the Braves' 6-1 victory over Cincinnati. The 46-year, 299-day-old Atlanta first baseman homers twice off of Cincy starter Eric Milton, going yard in the first and third innings at the Great American Small Park. I mean, I'd sign him to pinch hit for the for this postseason like today. Heck yeah. He's still got that stroke. Oh no doubt. wasn't there Wasn't there a video like last year of him in a like a batting cage somewhere? Yes, or something? and he looked unbelievable. No, you know what my favorite video? Like his of, hands uh, were still lightning fast. 
my favorite video ever of of a retired baseball player hitting was the one a couple of years ago of Gary Sheffield just hitting nukes at like a high school field somewhere. I think I missed that, his, but that sounds unbelievable. He was he's like token on a cigar the entire time and just hitting bombs to left field. <laughs> there was the one I saw of Bartolo like on a on just a sandlot somewhere, just mowing down like high schoolers. <laughs> There's there, there's just something genuinely hilarious about Bartolo Colon, Bartolo Colon striking out sixteen year olds. I w- I wish we'd see more of that. Just more professional athletes going out to like local local soccer fields, local basketball courts, stuff like that, and just just reminding people of the gap between amateur and professional. Well, and that's why there is still money being left on the table because we don't have pros versus Joes on TV anymore. I uh, make me a Joe today. Come on. <laughs> and it's like that. It's like that uh, old thing people say about the Olympics where they ought to just throw one average person in every single event just so we kind of have like a baseline of how special these athletes actually are. Exactly. Exactly. Like on the uh, on the distance running what uh, I'm like two laps in and I just pass out on the field on the uh, on the track there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, the the 100-meter dash or whatever, Usain Bolt crosses the finish line. The average guy is like dead 25 feet back. The cam, like everyone right. finishes and the camera pans like 75 yards back to you. He's, I'm like holding my side because I've got a stitch and I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's a deep burn. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> banana. Somebody get me a banana. <laughs> Anybody have any mustard? <laughs> oh, fun times, fun times. Well, that's enough about uh, about premier athletes in the modern day. Let's go, I guess, talk about another premier athlete, Pete Alonzo in This Week in Braves. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back to look at this week for the Braves and see what lies ahead. All right, so this is a really fun week to be recapping Braves baseball because there's a lot of good stuff for us to talk about. Um, when we last left you, we were finishing up a, a series with the Diamondbacks uh, in grand fashion and coming home to host the New York Mets for three games. Uh, so for the uh-huh, first, I get it, I get it. You said grand fashion because they Rosario hit a grand slam. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> 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 all right you well, so the, clever boy you all aren't that right, well, first, what? i don't know i also like burped as i was saying that so it was weird uh, it's okay we forgive you <laughs> anyway uh bryce elder and carlos carrasco on the on the mound for the braves and the mets in the first game of the series ozzy albies gets the scoring started early in the second inning with a solo home run Uh, Before the Mets come back and hit two two run home runs in the third inning to take a four to one lead. Um, Remember that number. The Mets take a four to one lead. Hmm. Anyway, so the Mets are up four to one going into the sixth inning and then the Braves bats get hot. Uh, Sean Murphy gets the rally started, doubling the left. Ozuna doubles to left, scoring Murphy. Arcia reaches on an infield single. Uh, and by the end of that sixth inning rally, Braves are up five to four. 
Marcelo Zuna had a had a sacrifice in the eighth to make it six to four, and that is how your game ended on a perfect Rysel Iglesias save. All right, so we have things to discuss about this game. Oh, did did other things happen in this game? Oh, other things did happen in this game. <laughs> Okay, so where where exactly do you stand on Alonzo barking from the dugout? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, so it, it like didn't... like in the moment, in the moment when the Mets were leading, I was laughing at him doing that. I want to make that very clear to to uh, to barstool Mets fans uh, and others who who think that the Braves were like somehow pissed off about. Pete Alonzo yelling at us. Like, it's hilarious that that chud is in the dugout just <laughs> <laughs> just barking at us over what? He hit a home run. That's all you do. Good luck. Yeah. I, and the thing about it, too, is, like, there's, there's no way this is some, like, rare occurrence in an MLB game. I'm certain this happens a lot. The cameras and mics just don't pick it up like they just so happen to on Monday night. So, yeah, uh, Bryce Elder throws a, a couple of sliders for and gives up a couple of home runs. And after that, uh, that second home run that Alonzo hit, he's up at the top step of the dugout screaming, throw it again, throw it again, like challenging Bryce Elder to throw that pitch to him again. Um, I do believe Bryce Elder struck out Alonzo on that same pitch and is next at bat, if I'm not mistaken but that is neither here nor there. <laughs> well, and, and to, it, it just, I don't know. It feels like the most Mets thing ever for him to bark like that. And then they just blow the lead. Yeah. From, from the moment that Alonzo screamed at the top of the dugout steps, the, uh, the, the Mets were outscored five to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's just it's just the most Mets thing ever. And of course, when when uh, when the Braves take the lead and the uh, the Mets are on the field, Tyler Matzik's at the top step of the Braves dugout, hollering directly towards first base. Throw it again! Throw it again! <laughs> so I have. If Tyler Matzik never throws another pitch for us, I hope that we still keep him gainfully employed because he, he is a treasure. He's one of my favorite Braves of all time. He is just an Easily. absolute treasure. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was the kind of thing everybody was wondering since that was the first game of the series. Like, is this going to pop back up over the course of the series? Um, and, and you would be right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was uh, uh, in the back of my mind. I thought we had a chance at a baseball this this series uh, with all that happening I, in yeah, the first well, game of it. Come Tuesday night with what happens in the first inning, I definitely felt like there was a potential brawl coming. Well, yeah, we get to Tuesday night. Charlie Morton's on the hill facing Max Scherzer for the Mets. Uh, Pete Alonso comes up for his first at-bat of the game, and Charlie Morton hits him in the wrist. Knocks him out of the game. I, I really thought that was the moment things were just going to go completely off the rails and, like, we were going to see bullpens empty and everything. Well, and I think beyond that, too, I looked at that moment, I was 
like, oh, that's going to give them fuel, isn't it? You know, like I thought at that point, the Mets would maybe turn something on in, in the rest of the series, right? As like teams in that circumstance tend to do sometimes. Well, uh, well, they did end up scoring the run that uh, that Alon- that Alonzo would have represented at first had he not uh, been pulled from the game. So uh, after the first inning, the Mets did lead one to nothing. Come back in the second, and Francisco Alvarez hits a bomb to left field, putting the Mets up two to nothing. Uh, our, our Can we CEO, talk about him for a second? He's kid's going to be good. Uh, he's very good. Raw, he's built, raw he's power. Built like, he's built like a dang fire hydrant, but he, he really is insanely is. good. Um, he also does not look like any human being I've ever seen. No. He just – I don't know what it is. He's different looking somebody somebody said it and they actually i think it was donna he said that he he looks like what artificial intelligence thinks a human looks like right (laughs) (laughs) like Like, and i'm not like i'm not making fun of the guys and like they don't really have a face but there's a face there's like some uncanny valley nature to it like just yeah (laughs) that is francisco alvarez i cannot uh i can't wait for him to be a brave in about five years oh yeah so, uh, so, so Tommy Pham enters the game for Pete Alonzo and, uh, and actually hits a homer in the fifth inning, scoring Lindor, putting the Mets up four to one. Huh. Come back in the bottom well, of the fifth and Sean Murphy belts a homer to left field, scoring Riley, pulling the Braves within one. Right after that in the sixth inning, Michael Harris doubles to right, scoring Arcia, tying the game, and Ronald Acuna Jr. turns around and scores Michael Harris, giving the Braves the lead. Tommy Pham, once again, in the game for the injured Pete Alonzo, hits a sacrifice fly to right, scoring Nimmo, tying the game up at five before in the bottom of the eighth inning, Michael Harris the second hits one 443 feet to Chattahoochee Falls in dead center field, scoring Sam Hilliard and putting the Braves on top for good seven to five is your final. Love it. I love it so much. It was beautiful. It really was. And it was one of the and it was one of those moments too where it's like, okay, Harris needed that. He really did. And and I mean, I, I don't know if uh if the game or two following that can, you know, supports the Michael fully being back thing, but you know, it's it's a jumping off point. Hopefully things start going better from here. So the Braves took the first two of the series from the Mets. Come back and we got a big pitching matchup in the third game of that series. We got Spencer Strider on the hill going up against Justin Verlander. Two absolute studs on the mound, kind of like the old and young versions of each other. So we're we're expecting like a two-to-one game or something like that, right? Yeah. So... (laughs) So some things happened in this game and it wasn't it wasn't just like any old baseball game really um first of all if you were watching the game on tv this was the game that they had jeff francoeur tom glavin chipper jones and john smoltz all in the booth together with no play-by-play and it was the greatest broadcast i think i've ever seen uh i i was i was fully entertained from 
from the very beginning to the very end. And it was important that that was true because I was fully entertained when the Braves were down significantly in the middle of the game. Yeah, and the funny thing about it was like, there was no formal play-by-play. There was no like... They would assign who was supposed to take the home run calls for each inning. And that was it. it. We did get a uh, we did get a Hawk Harrelson call from Frank Hoare, which oh he was me. and, I, and I he was so happy to do that too. The look on his face was brilliant. Stretch, stretch. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was just it, from a booth standpoint, it was phenomenal. And I think you brought the brought up this point on Twitter as well. You, you know the hope is there to continue doing stuff like this, but like have, have other guys rotate in and out to do it. Just bring in just whoever it is, make sure they were, it's like three or four guys who were teammates at some point on the Braves. I think, I think that teammate thing is key. Like they have to have played together. They got to feel comfortable enough. Like one thing that struck me was when uh, Tom Glad or uh, Greg Maddox called in. Um, so, so they, we, we had all of the big three in there and, and it was just, it was such a loose conversation because, you know, these are all dudes who shared a dugout and, and, uh, I, I love that they, they all call him doggy just like yeah. very casually and naturally in conversation. <clears throat> like, like, Hey doggy, tell him about that. It was well, and you know, and, and it's fun knowing that like that kind of camaraderie kind of trickles down from Bobby Cox being their manager, because you know Bobby notoriously only calls Maddox Mad Dog, like that's all he calls him. Whenever you hear old interviews of you know Bobby talking about Greg Maddox, it's always Mad Dog. So like it's funny that that kind of carries out through his teammates too, where they just call him Dog. Another one of my my favorite parts of that broadcast was uh, when they interviewed Brian Snitker, um, <laughs> yeah. because he he was uh, he was third base coach uh, for at least part of all four of those guys' careers. So he was on the right. coaching well, staff for all of them. Well, and then not only that, but Smoltz told a really cool story. And I guess I, you know, I never thought, like obviously I knew Brian Snitker had been, you know at the minor league level with the Braves his entire career and had been up in Atlanta as like a third base coach, you know, and had had some tenure there and that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I don't think I, I never, I never thought about it much more beyond that, but Smoltz went on to tell a story about how, uh, what was it in 89 or 90 when we traded for Smoltz out of Detroit, mm-hmm. he talks about how, when he went to the instructional league, um, that summer that like, that's where he met Brian Snitker. Snicker was like the bullpen coach yeah. uh, down at that level. And so Smoltz was just talking, like he was helping with conditioning and stuff. Smoltz was talking about how at first he was like terrified of Snicker, <laughs> you know, because like Snick was just so intimidating about like his drills and stuff like that. Huh. I, I, I wish we had more video of a, of a young Snicker. Well, they, they brought up the, uh, the mustache picture. They did. My my favorite part of that interview was when they they asked Brian Snitker, uh, which one of the four of us were you most afraid to send home? And he said, well, you guys were all pretty good athletes. I wasn't worried about you. It was it was Brian McCann. I couldn't send. I was sweating through my jersey then. 
Look, Brian, poor, Brian McCain popped McCann some strays. strays, and then they, and then they were like painting the picture. They're like, he is in his basement at his golf simulator with the game on to the right. He's got a dip in. He's got, like his hat, his hat is on backwards right now. He's and sweating, he, and he's throwing everything he can get his hands on, listening to us talk about him. I, I think McCann would be fun in a future broadcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean we've we've seen McCann sit in with uh with Frenchie some and and that's always been entertaining. Uh anytime Chipper's in there, he's he's fun to listen to. But yeah, get- I tell you though, like with with those guys in the booth, you know, Ch- uh, well, especially Chipper Glavin and Smoltz, like first off, it was fun hearing John Smoltz have fun. Because I feel like we've gotten so used to him on national broadcasts kind of being like this straight-laced, you know, very buttoned-up sort of guy. And, like, he is so laid back during this broadcast. And he's at, and he even mentioned, he's like, I'm glad I finally get to cheer for the Braves in a game. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was very cool. It was like all of their kind of professional responsibilities were stripped down and they were just kind of allowed to be dudes. And it made it feel like, like you were kind of sitting in a locker room, watching a baseball game with, with some of your teammates on a rain delay or something. Right. And then like Chipper basically not, not necessarily calling the Austin Riley home run early on, but explaining like, yeah, I've been telling Austin that, you know, if you can aim for that state farm sign out in right center field you're going to do fine and then he puts one oppo into the chop house seats (laughs) like two pitches later that happens and it's like okay i think chipper knows a thing or two about hitting well and yeah it's 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 fun to get a collective of guys like that because it does it does remind you how much differently these guys see this game yeah yeah it, it really does but then like it's fun at the end of the day too seeing that like they genuinely still care very, very much about this team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, yes. anyway, back to the, the game itself. As Cam just mentioned, Austin Riley hit a first-run homer, 379 feet in the first inning, scoring Ronald Acuna Jr., putting the Braves up 2 to nothing. Before that inning was over, Eddie Rosario singled home Travis Darneau, making it 3 to nothing before we even got out of the first inning. Well, then came the second inning, and the uh, the Mets started scoring. Marte scored uh, Francisco Lindor to put him on the board. Uh, and then Brandon Nimmo uh, made it 5-3. to three. And <laughs> that's all I really want to say about that. I, I don't think there's, there's anybody I'd rather see succeed less in Major League Baseball than Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, yeah, I think I can agree with that. And the Mets kept scoring in the third with, with Beatty singling home McNeil, putting the Mets up six to three. Braves fought back a little bit, tacked on a couple more runs, made it six to five before the end of the third inning. And uh, and, and this thing was off to the races. It's a track meet now, guys. Uh, Francisco Alvarez homers yet again, scoring Nimmo in the fourth, making it eight to five. Uh, Tommy Pham doubles scoring Marte in the fifth, making it nine to five. Uh, Marcelo Zuna came back and homered nine to six. Francisco Alvarez homers again, 10 to six. Rosario scores Riley 10 to seven. Travis Dorno scores Riley on a homer, making it 10 to nine. And then in the ninth inning, Orlando Arcia hits a solo homer to left, making it 10 to 10. We're going into extras. 
All right. So I I was calling a game this night, so I missed the vast majority of this broadcast. But I'm on the way home. It is the bottom of the night, and I'm sitting here listening to it, and I'm listening to um I'm listening to Ozuna get called out on what sounded like a very bad pitch because Joe Simpson was losing his mind on the radio um, at this call third strike. And so then I think, like, there's no way. Like, there's no way we're just going to let this go. We've clawed back so much. And then when Orlando got a hold of that one, I nearly put my car into a ditch. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It was, and then And then we go to extra innings and – you know, we have the ghost runner. We get out unscathed. Uh, Rysel Iglesias throws an amazing 10th inning to, to set us we, up. We, we got to talk about him in a bit. He has been, oh my God, he has been a godsend. He, my is, goodness. he has found it. It's like, it's like after that one game in Toronto, he was like, all right, enough of that. Yeah. Uh, he needed, I, I, I think he just needed to get a couple bad outings out of his system, honestly, after his little injury layoff. Well, and I think what I appreciate about him so much, too, is that, like, he's not, you know, he's not some swing and chase, you know, wiffle ball kind of pick. He's just kind of like, I'm going to pound the zone. I dare you to hit this. And if you don't, you're going back to the dugout, plain and simple. And he's, he's aggressive. He's, he's fast. He's, he's starting just, to he's show just, us like like fun closer energy too. Yeah, he's just like he's just a jerk out on the mound, and I love it. That, as he should be. I I, I yeah. only want closers who are assholes. Absolutely, and that's him. <laughs> so that gives, and we've got him for three more seasons. Yep. So that gives us a chance in the bottom of the tenth. We have Sam Hilliard on second to start the inning. Uh, Travis Darno gets walked to start it off, bringing up Ozzy Albies and our tiny king homers to the chop house, four hundred and eight feet, three run bomb to walk off the Mets in the third game of the series. Braves win 13 to 10 and the Mets are sent packing with nothing to show for it. So I was home by the time, uh, by the time the 10th inning started. So I got to see the, the Iglesias performance and then Ozzy comes to the plate with two on. And I think at that time he was 0 for three, 0 for four, I think in the game. And I just kind of remember thinking like Ozzy's due, he's due for something here. Like, there's no way he's going to go 0 for 5 in this game. And then sure enough, he absolutely cranks one to the chop house. Yep. Yep. And, and I mean, just it, it's the most Mets way they could have handled that series, right? Make, make oh, a yeah. ton of noise in like the third inning of the first game and then completely just crap the bed for, for the rest of the series. Well, and I even said, I even said on Twitter earlier that morning, I was like, you know, I live by the mantra and I've said it on here multiple times. You win the series. You take two out of three. You know, if you take two out of three of every series, you're, you're going to end up in a really good spot. You know, that, that's, that's a pace for 108 wins, essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 for the first time this season, I wanted a sweep in the absolute worst kind of way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the second, the second we started coming back just a little bit, even though we were down 10 to six, 
I was like, after we'd come back from four to one down in the last two games, like there was no way I was turning that game off between, between their, their tendency to come back uh, late in games and the, the broadcast. Yeah. I wasn't going anywhere. I did. Um, so I was off on Friday and I did end up getting up Friday morning and watching that entire broadcast just because I wanted to hear everything that was said in that booth. Oh yeah. So good. I love how I love how they kept going back and like showing each guy just doing something against Tom Glavin when he was with the Mets. <laughs> it was it was great. My favorite though was when they got uh when they got Mad Dog on there and they showed Chipper's very first game in the major leagues, and there was a fly ball and Chipper just trucked Greg Maddox, ran him over his heart. <laughs> Like I forgot he did do that, didn't he? He did in his in his very first game. He ran over a guy who just signed a ten million dollar contract. <laughs> well, and contract aside, like if there was one guy on that team in that day that like you wouldn't want to piss off as your teammate, it was probably Greg Maddox. Yeah, he was the guy they call Mad Dog because <laughs> Greg Maddox is notoriously a dick. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just an absolute jerk, you, and that's you, why we love him. You have to be to pitch like that, as we were just I, saying. I think you do. Yeah. All right, so uh, so we we sweep the Mets on out of town, and then get a visit from the Washington Nationals. Uh, and this first game of this series is our chance to see AJ Smith Schauber getting his first action as a starter in the major leagues. Uh, going up against Josiah Gray, another uh, promising young starter for the Nationals. Uh, Schauber goes five and a third, allowing three hits, two runs, but zero earned runs. Did walk two and struck out two. So all in all, a really good outing for Schauber. A few pitches just didn't go his way, but uh, he he battled. He had, it, he had his command, just needs to sharpen a few things, but... Uh, I think a really good looking start for uh, for our 20 year old call up. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, too, you know, the biggest thing about that stat line is the fact that both runs were unearned. You know, they weren't right. It's not it's not like he gave up a couple of nukes. It's not like he had, you know, he had what, two walks on the night. You know, it's not like he had a ton of walks and, you know, was letting guys get in on peppered singles or anything like like, you know, it, a vi- and mind you, he faced the Washington Nationals in his first start, but it's still a major league roster he was facing. And, and I, I feel like he did a tremendous job. And I look, let's see, we'll, we'll, we'll get the, we'll get to lines coming up in a minute, in a bit or matchups in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so the Braves were down two to one in this game going into the eighth inning. Um, and for the fourth game in a row, the Braves managed to pull out a win with, uh, with Ozuna scoring Rosario in the eighth, followed by, uh, or sorry, uh, Ozuna scoring Hilliard in the eighth, followed by Arcia, Arcia scoring Rosario. Words are hard tonight. There it is. Braves win three to two, come back to win their fourth game in a row. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's, let's not skip over something about that, that game. Yes. Didn't didn't Iglesias like say, get the save on like nine pitches? Uh, yes, he did. Nine pitches, nine <laughs> strikes, two strikeouts, <laughs> no hits, no walks. Just stupid. Dude's good. Um, and yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, 
I don't want to get I don't want to give Kirby Yates any flowers, and uh, you'll find out why here in uh, here in a game or two. Uh, so because he can because he can buy himself flowers. Yes, Braves Braves win it and uh, and win their uh, win their sixth game in a row. So we go into the second game of the series with Mackenzie Gore on the hill for the Nationals, going up against Jared Schuster for the Braves. Schuster goes five innings, allowing eight hits and three earned runs. No strikeouts in this outing. Uh, Mackenzie Gore goes the same five innings, allowing five earned runs and three strikeouts. Uh, luckily, the Braves' bats did the heavy lifting in this game. Um, uh, Marcelo Zuna hits a two-run homer to center. Ronald Acuna Jr. hits a two-run homer to right center. Um, and that's going to be just about enough. The Braves tack on a couple extra to win six to four. AJ Minter comes in and uh, comes in for the ninth inning, gives up a run. Um, still not looking as great as we'd like to see AJ Minter look. Jesse Chavez, uh, another breath of fresh air outing. Uh, Joe Jimenez also had a couple of good outings recently. So, so someone uh, to look at. Uh, he he had what? What was it? Two good innings against the Mets in that game three. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It, well, and, and so going back to the AJ Mentor thing, like I know he gave up that leadoff home run in, in the top of the ninth, but like I don't know when you go back and look at where that pitch was, that was that just felt like more bad luck than anything. He he just went out and got one he shouldn't have gotten. It, it was it was like way down and in, like not a you know not a pitch that you would expect somebody to just crank one out on. Oh, and someone else I think we should also mention Kevin Pilar is silently remaining. Uh, just an incredible bench piece for us. He uh, he went two for three on this day, uh, taking his average for the season to 273. Just a, a great solid piece that you know is going to come in and give you just 100% effort every time. Yeah, he he and plus defensively, he runs like a madman out there in left field. Oh yeah, he will he will risk every limb <laughs> of his body to make. He him. has no regard for his well being out there. None, none, and I love that about him. He is like the Mick Foley of this team. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so we come, we win that game. That gives us our seventh win in a row. Uh, looking to make it back to back sweeps with the Sunday game against the Nationals. Uh, Braves have Bryce Elder back up on the mound, going up against Trevor Williams for the Washington Nationals. And unfortunately, on this day, the Braves made Trevor Williams look very good. We did we did start off well with uh, with Matt Olson hitting a two run bomb in the first inning, scoring Ronald Acuna Jr., putting the Braves on top two to nothing, and making it look like we were going to have us a nice fun little Sunday. Um, things just went downhill from there, and boy did they go downhill quickly in the sixth inning. Uh, sixth inning, the the Nationals come back and tie it up two to two uh, before back-to-back two-run home runs, put them on top six to two, and that was enough to finish it out. Uh, Michael Tonkin came in, gave us a couple good innings, uh, ate ate some up for the rest of the bullpen there, so that was nice. Kirby Yates also covered one and two-thirds, only allowing one run, so, you know, didn't tax the bullpen too much. We've had worse losses this season. Uh, You won the series anyway, so not going to get too upset about this one. No, no, you shouldn't. I mean, it was just kind of one of those baseball things. You know, I think there was a couple of instances. I know we left the bases loaded uh, in one inning, and that was a little frustrating. We got the bases loaded with only one out and cashed in none. But that, so that was a little annoying. But hey, if you told me at the beginning of the week that we had 
five and one home stand when we've had all the struggles that we've had at home this season, I would have been very pleased with that. Yeah, you're taking that all day. Absolutely. All right. So uh looking ahead, Monday started we are uh we are traveling up to Detroit for for kind of an isolated away series. It's not necessarily road trip, just this one series we're on the road. So uh 6:40 p.m. is our start time on Monday. We have Charlie Morton on the hill and Detroit has yet to announce a starting pitcher. Tuesday it's also a 6:40 start time with Spencer Strider going for the Braves up against Reese Olson for the Detroit Tigers. And on Wednesday at 1:10 we will get an AJ Smith Chauver start, get his second crack at a uh, major league lineup going up against Michael Lorenzen for the Tigers. Uh, open date for the Braves as we travel home to take on uh, the Rockies for the first game of a four-game set. Uh, Kyle Freeland will be going for the Rockies. On Friday, we've got Bryce Elder against Denelson Lamott. Uh, we've got uh, Saturday, Connor Seabold going up against uh, Charlie Morton. And Sunday, the getaway game is going to be Spencer Strider going up against Chase Anderson for the Rockies. So uh, got seven games this week, and you're playing the Tigers and the Rockies. Um, it one, is a really weird travel schedule. Yeah one one side of me looks at this week as a total trap week. Um, oh, it absolutely is. And the other side says we should win seven games out of seven this week. So did, did, did the Tigers win today? Um, no, I believe they are on an eight or a nine game losing streak now. Uh, yes, they lost to the Diamondbacks seven to five. The Tigers have not won a game in June yet. Yes, the Tigers are on a nine-game losing streak, and if that doesn't scare you as a Braves fan, then you haven't been a Braves fan for long enough. I look forward to seeing Javier Baez hit an absolute nuke off of us. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we will be right back here. Well, I'll be right back here to tell you all about it next week because uh, Cam's going to be missing in action for a couple of weeks, but we will still get some content out to you right here on the Fans First Sports Network. So for Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see you all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. has been the chatting average podcast be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast and please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash chatting average we'll see you next week for another brand new episode 